Welcome to the Build with Brabeck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Brabeck. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Build with Brayback podcast. Happy Thursday. This interview is quite lengthy. Um, We talked so much about dating and approaching dating and improving your love life and finding confidence in yourself. We also talk a lot about happiness and finding happiness and what to strive for and how to get there. Um, It was such a lovely conversation with someone that I am so glad to have met. So I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet, but there are a few things that we've got to talk about. So highs and lows. My high, I think, would definitely be that I am showering my best friend this weekend for her bridal shower. So it's so exciting. And it's just exciting that it's her turn. And we've it's something we've talked about for a long time. And I think we've planned something really beautiful for her. And I think that's just going to be just lovely. Um, my low is like pretty freaking simple. The fact that our country doesn't believe in women's rights, apparently. Um, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because, to be completely honest, been feeling really heavy about it all week long. It's infuriating and disappointing and disheartening and I don't know. There's a lot to be said, um, but I don't really feel in the space to say it all yet. Um, I want to do a little bit more research and share some more, um, I don't know, concrete information, like something that could be more productive for all of us. Um, but for now I'm in like (laughs) the very angry, frustrated stage. Um, and that's not helpful for anyone. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, but the other thing I want to talk about before we jump into the episode is the Kim Kardashian of it all. Now, you probably have seen and heard um, all the stuff about her Met Gala dress and her being really open about the weight loss um, to fit into it. So if you haven't really heard about it, um, the your Poe, he's sitting literally right next to me, mouth next to the microphone, like he is ready to just share something. Is there anything that you would like to say, Mr. Poe? No, he just sniffed the mic. Maybe later. Um, okay, so if you haven't seen, Kim Kardashian attended the Met Gala, and the theme was something about, like, America, the Gilded Age, something like that. Um And so she had this idea that she wanted to wear the iconic Marilyn Monroe dress that's in Ripley's, believe it or not. Um, 
the dress that she sang that happy birthday, Mr. President in, um, an iconic dress, an iconic look, such a cool idea. Very Kim Kardashian. Um, but then after, uh, the Met Gala, she looked beautiful. She looked amazing as always, of course. Um, but then in her Vogue interview, she was really open about what it took to fit into the dress. And she lost 16 pounds in only three weeks by wearing sauna suits for like multiple times a day, completely restricting all carbs, completely restricting sugar. Um, and listen, whatever she wants to do is totally her business. And it's not her job to tiptoe around all of us because it's like a very multifaceted issue, I think. On one hand, I think that it's a little extremist to say that the Kardashians created this culture and created this unattainable body type. They certainly did not create the issue. The issues like diet culture, the toxicity has been around for decades. And I honestly feel for these girls in a way, especially people like Chloe, who has been so criticized from the moment that she stepped out into the public eye. So you you can't even blame her for the work that she's had done, for her unhealthy relationship with exercise or seemingly so, um, for her Photoshopping. Like who could blame her for someone that has been so ridiculed? Like she's a victim of it but then is turning around and just perpetuating it even farther. So there's that whole side of things. Um, And I certainly don't believe in the side of like, oh, she's famous for being famous. Like there are a lot of super privileged people, rich people, reality stars that didn't make anything out of themselves. I think we can all agree they work hard. They are savvy businesswomen. You can respect what they do. But this particular instance, it is dangerous. And I just wish that while being honest about what she did, I wish that she had said a little bit more explicitly I looked at this opportunity as playing a role because I think that's what a lot of people are saying. Um, It's very similar to an actor having this drastic weight loss for a role. And that's kind of how she views it, which is fine. But I wish that she had more explicitly said that and then also had the caveat of like, this is not normal behavior. Please don't try to do this. It's not super safe or sustainable. I don't normally act this way because on one hand, it's like, okay, at least she's not showing up looking, hate to say it, but like snatched to the gods. 
and acting like that's just how she looks all the time. At least she was honest about the fact that, you know, like there was some transparency there. However, that transparency comes at a cost, especially because she was so specific about what she did. It almost, even though I know that she did not mean it to be, it comes off as like a how-to guide for these young women that are looking up at her wondering, how did she do that? How can I do that? And they are going to, you know, as always, by the waist trainers, stop eating full food groups, do all these dangerous things because Kim Kardashian did it. And I do hate the argument of you're a role model, blah, 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 because in so many instances, it just sounds so tone deaf. But in this instance, I think it's super valid when because of social media, because of the I hate to call it the Kardashian culture because it's so much bigger than the family. But because of all of that, eating disorders are at an all-time high at, you know, the youngest ages that we've ever seen them. So to not recognize that responsibility is really reckless and careless. Like I think when people are saying that to actresses when it comes to like their sexuality and stuff like that, it's such a lame thing to say to someone especially because like sexuality isn't something something that needs to be demonized. But this kind of stuff, it is really dangerous behavior. And so many people look up to Kim. I mean, she's the most watched woman in the entire world. To not recognize that those type of comments are just serving so much early 2000s diet culture, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, all of that just, oh, it's so tone deaf and it's so dangerous. And that's really all there is to say about it. Um, I almost wish that she had been more honest or been, I don't know, a little bit more realistic and been like, yeah, I really had this cool idea tried it on. It didn't fit. So I decided to wear something else because what a message to send little girls, you know, that would have been. But that is not Kim Kardashian. That was the idea that she had in her head. It was that dress or nothing. So it's like, I almost wish that she had just been like, yeah, it was this dress or nothing. And I was going to fit into it no matter what. And, you know, I'm not super proud of it, but I did some really drastic things to lose the weight in just a few weeks and kind of left it at that and left it as more of like a, look, I'm not super proud about this. I don't normally look like this, but I'm also not going to go into detail about what I did because I know little girls are going to copy me. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Poe has some things to say about it too. It's just, it's just a lot. It's disappointing. And I don't, ever want this podcast to be just like a Kardashian rag podcast because I think that's pretty lame also. Um, you know, they're people, they're multifaceted, there are good things, there are bad things. 
I don't know. It's just giving a lot of early 2000s toxicity that I'm not loving to see. Um, but I think, you know, I'm lucky that I'm 30 and can brush it off, but I feel for the younger girls that are looking up to these celebrities because I remember listening to, you know, the different diets and it was very like the time of Pinterest. So there'd be like the Gwyneth Paltrow diet and it'd be like, drink a juice and eat a berry and then don't eat the rest of the day. And like, I remember being in college and actually trying a lot of those things that I saw. So I know that it's so real. And I think someone like her that's so removed from reality um, and lives in such her own little bubble, it can be hard to remember that stuff. And also for someone that kind of does that stuff as her job, it can be hard to realize how damaging it is when it just feels like an everyday sort of thing for her maybe. I don't know. But regardless, um, don't starve yourself. Don't cut out full food groups. Don't try to lose 16 pounds in three weeks because that is absurdly dangerous. Um, if a dress doesn't fit you, buy a different one. Rent the runway. Highly recommend. Um, yeah. That's all I've got. So enjoy this episode. I hope that you leave feeling refreshed and renewed. And even if you're not on the dating scene right now, I still think it can be a really interesting episode. And there are other lots of like little tidbits to pick out from it. So enjoy. Have a great week. And I will catch you next time. Peace and blessings. I am so excited because today on the podcast, we are finally talking about love and dating. Today's guest is a Boston-based dating coach who helps people end their dating frustration and finally find their person with joy and ease. Sounds like a dream. She even traveled the country interviewing thousands of people on how they create more joy and fulfillment in their lives for her documentary, The Happiness Project. I am so excited for her to help us all overhaul our relationships with ourselves and others. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle Wax of Michelle Wax Dating. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. It feels really crazy that we haven't really talked about love and dating. We've had one episode on like sex and sexuality, but this is like such an important part of the human experience and like the female experience too. So it's the Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can't topic. go wrong. <laughs> awesome. Well, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah. It's gorgeous here in Boston and Finally. Yeah, just enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> I know taking it all in. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, well, I always like to ask my guests because it's like a funny thing that like, not funny, but a thing that me and my family used to do. And so I've kind of brought it into the podcast. I'm um, talking about our highs and lows for the week. So, or like the last couple of weeks. So like a good part and maybe something that like was a bummer. Yeah. So I would say for highs, I was just in Austin for a wedding oh, and it was beautiful. It was just perfect weather. There was like an activity every single day, which was tiring, but good Yeah. <laughs> um, as well. So that was really fun. And I saw my, um, my family as well the other day, which is always good. And 
in terms of a low, I got this kind of like weird sickness for two days. So I was kind of down and out for a couple of days, but otherwise life is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I love <laughs> yeah. Austin. I went for like a girl's weekend a few years ago. I definitely want to go back because I feel like it's like building up and like now such a hot spot. Yeah. It's crazy because I was visiting my friend who used to live in Boston, but she moved down there with her her fiance was living there and he had been there pretty much his whole life. And he was telling us like how crazy the buildup has been. I feel like kind of yeah. like how Boston and Seaport was like years yeah. ago, <laughs> but probably just even more so there. Totally. I know. I listened to like a bunch of podcasts and I feel like so many LA people have now migrated over to Austin, which like could be a good or bad thing. Yeah. I feel like the, the natives, like my friend's fiance was saying, <laughs> that the Californians are just coming yes. in, in in waves, but yes. um, yeah, but good for them. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So I would love to hear kind of your backstory on how and why you decided to get into this business um, and just kind of what led you there. Yeah, definitely. So I've been an entrepreneur for quite some time. Um, I had food companies here in Boston and then start really got to a point where, you know, I was 27. They were objectively doing well, quote unquote, but I didn't really feel happy or fulfilled in what I was doing. Yeah. And I didn't understand it because I'd worked hard and gone after what I wanted. And so I started digging into things like mindset, like personal development, got really into that. And I had an idea to film a documentary across the country, which you mentioned earlier, um, called American happiness. So I drove to all 50 States, in my Jeep, and I interviewed all these people and all the interviews really all came back to relationships, not just with other people, but also the relationship you have with yourself to create mm -hmm. more fulfilling, um, lives and more joy. And so I was doing, you know, work with that for a while, doing mental health workshops for companies and things like that. And I was craving something a little bit more deeper. And so I Kind of noticed this pattern within myself like every three to four years in my career so far i've kind of wanted to shift or make a change in some way that's me <laughs> <laughs> i know it's funny i like realized that i'm like how come i didn't realize that sooner but no <laughs> it's all good um and so i i had been craving wanting to go deeper with people and i i was working with a business coach you know last fall and she asked me she was like michelle if you could do anything in the world what would you do and I've always been really interested in like dating psychology, psychology in general, relationships. I was always like the person with my friends where they would come to and be like, what does this mean? Like in a text yes, or like, yes. what do they say? And stuff like that. <laughs> yes. And I just loved it so much. Um, had been on like a ton tons of dates. dates. Um, and so that came out of my mouth and I was like, wow, dating coaching, that's really what I would do with my life. And so I started kind of starting out small, right? Cause I'd done this kind of before with other companies, but I was like, let me just start putting stuff out there and see if people resonate. And it was crazy. Like how quickly I was getting like messages and clients and things like that. And so was able to grow it up from there, but it kind of was this interesting progression where <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm interested in this looking for a shift and have really this background in relationships and more on kind of the practical aspect of interviewing people and applying that yeah. to their lives. Um, so that's how I am where I am. I love it. Well, I'd love to backtrack. And before we really dive into all the dating stuff, which I'm excited to get all to the juicy stuff. Um, but I'm so interested in this project of yours of 
driving around the country to all the states talking to so many people. I feel like that must have been such an amazing, life-changing, once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, so I'd love for you to describe a little bit more about like your like idea behind it and just some of the conversations that you had. Yeah, absolutely. So I had the idea, it was the day after 4th of July in 2018. <laughs> and I, you know, I was kind of at a point in my life where I wanted to, again, like make that shift. And I'd gotten out of a long-term relationship. I like what I was doing in my career at the time, it was good, but I was like, mm, like had that kind of internal um, angst to make some yeah. type of move. And so I literally was sitting on my couch. I was living in Cambridge at the time, sitting on my couch and I closed my eyes for a moment. And I literally had this like vision of me traveling around the country, interviewing, filming. And I've never had that happen in my life before. Right. And I was like, whoa, it was very powerful. And I, I have no film experience. Right. Like I went to school for business, not film or anything like that. But I started like it was I felt so strongly about it and I love traveling and just like interviewing and collecting, you know, stories and things like yeah. that. But I was like, how can I make this work? So I started to like do the more logical things of creating a budget and like doing a Kickstarter and things like that. Um, and I ended up leaving for that in February of 2019, which is good because like the following year, everything happened in 2020. So I'm really Seriously, glad I did it then. Such good timing. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I, I drove around to every single state and it was a combination of like, I had set up a lot of interviews ahead of time that were more formal interviews, sit down, chatting with people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but there's also a lot of more casual conversations like at bars and farmers markets and things like that. Um, and really the themes that derived from it were that number one, your happiness and really anything in your life is truly a choice that you have mm -hmm. to make. Like it's not just going to come naturally necessarily um, or really stick around long-term if you're not choosing it, right? It can come in right. doses and waves and things like that. And then secondly, which is really what fascinates me is really the power of your mind and your mindset to really shift your entire world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had all these amazing conversations with people and most people had made some type of shift in their life that like their friends and family didn't understand or thought was a little bit crazy, but it yeah. like catapulted them into more long-term happiness. So it was a really cool experience, as you can imagine, really interesting. Yeah. I feel like that is such a theme because if you think of anyone doing anything that, I don't know, like starting a business or a major career change, anything like that, that like tends to, even if it's not, you know, that long-term success, it's you're chasing your dreams and you're believing in yourself, like how would that not lead to happiness? Even if so many people in your life don't understand what the hell you're doing. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Which I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure people were supportive, but I'm sure also a lot of people were like, what do you mean you're going to drive around the country and talk to people? Like, <laughs> right. It was, it was, I think like if I knew what the experience was going to be like now, I would have, like, I knew it was crazy and wild, but I felt like I had to make some massive shift. Um, but yeah, even my parents, which I love, and of course I love them and they're very supportive, yeah. but they were like this at the time it was a cookie company. They're like, this cookie company is doing well. Like, why would you walk away from that? Which I think yeah. is a lot of, that could be applied to anything like a job, right? A relationship, yeah. whatever it is. Um, yeah. So it was, but I think once I started to take action and like saw that it was resonating with people, then more, more and more people started to get on board and be like, okay, this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. 
takes a little bit. Um, and I feel like, I don't know where I heard this, probably another podcast or something, but something about how, you know, we tend to like, as a, as a society chase happiness and like consistent happiness as the goal, which can feel super daunting if you're not feeling that all the time, because realistically, no one's just in a constant state of happiness. And if they are like, I want what they're on, but more so to like be reaching for like a state of contentness across the line. And then, you know, from that, finding the happiness and the joy in the day to day stuff. Um, did any of that kind of come up at all of like, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Cause it would be delusional to think you can be happy all the time. It's just not the human experience. Right. Right. And, um, yeah, I feel like for the people I chatted with, it was really interesting to see that like their default state was happiness, right? Their default mm -hmm. state was that contentment, was that fulfillment. And then of course things are going to come up that are going to stress us out or go wrong and things like that. And that'll knock you off, but how quickly can you get back to that default state? Right. And I think on the other end of that, it's like a lot of people's default state is stress or is worry or is that more, you know, self-doubt or negativity. And I think as you kind of, and it, it takes work to do because our minds are actually naturally wired to go down that place of negativity right. and self-doubt and things like that, which was something I learned when I kind of reached this point of being like, why am I not happy? Right. Um, and so their default state was that. And of course they had things that come up, like literally everyone I interviewed, of course, went through horrible things in their right. life, um, but they were able to get out of it quicker. And with like a more, just creating more meaning from it that was in a more positive light than some other people might have. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, and what were some of the more like shock, maybe shocking or unexpected stories or responses that you heard from people that maybe you didn't expect to hear? It was wild to hear like people that have gone through much worse things than I ever have. Like mm -hmm. I chatted with um, a man in Kentucky who had his house blown away by a tornado. And then two days later lost his grandpa, right? Oh Just like God. these wild things. And yet he was able to step up and be a leader in the community when he thought like his family, he didn't know where his family was, right? Cause he went to the house, the house was gone, right? But yeah. thankfully they were safe in another town. But it was amazing to see how people were able to rise from it. Yeah. Um, one impactful quote that sticks out to me is a man I interviewed in California named Monroe. And he was saying to me that you are protected on this earth until you've served your purpose. And he was like, that purpose could be something big that you think it is like your business, your job, your family. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it could be something really, really small, like something that you say to someone that changes their trajectory or changes their way of thinking. Yeah. And that just stuck with me, especially with, I think like there's so much craziness happening, obviously. Um, thinking back to that has like really helped me in a lot of times. As well. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And I feel like, um, I don't know, recently, I feel like I've had conversations with a few people of similar things. Like if you're in a bad mood, I feel like the best thing to do is to like compliment a stranger or like strike up a conversation with a stranger. And like that human connection can turn your whole day around, especially if it's like 
you're complimenting someone or something and then you see how they're like oh my god thank you and like you turn their day around and like selfishly you're in a better mood too just that human connection i feel like is so powerful and we have strayed so far away from it because we're always you know connecting digitally or you're waiting in line somewhere and you're just like sitting there on your phone head down and you're not like striking up conversations or like interacting as much in the day to day and i feel like that can be a huge happiness sucker yeah i feel like those small moments like i i'm thinking about yesterday i got a nice coffee and it was beautiful out and the person working there you know she's asking oh is it warm out you know it mm. looks so nice and we just have this brief conversation, but it just completely lifted my day up. And it's wild how those small things can make such an impact. Yeah, totally. And I feel like chasing some of that instead of, you know, focusing on that really big, like ultimate happiness and consistent state of joy, which can be so daunting and feel like kind of like you said, oh, I just I made this successful business why am i still not happy so i love yeah. that so how did that translate into all of um the dating coaching and the business that you're running now yeah so i really like i mentioned at the beginning you know everything came back to relationships whether it be with others or the one with yourself and so i started to think about I listen to a lot of, you know, podcasts and personal development and they all, they always say, pay attention to what people tell you you're good at. And, mm -hmm. and also of course, what you like doing. Right. So I'm like, these two things align. And so what I really wanted to also to in, in that, you know, wavelength of like, pay attention to what pains you in the world. And this is going to be different for everyone, but like, for me, it really pains me when women don't have confidence or they don't like believe in themselves or have that self-worth. And I think this is probably because like, I didn't have a lot of confidence and I was like a very mm -hmm. shy person growing up and things like that. Um, but I, I started to think about, you know, I've seen this impact in just like my friend's life and in like family members and things like that. How can I start to expand that out? And so I started really simply, I just like made an Instagram account made a couple reels, like started, uh, started doing like events and things like that in Boston, um, had a couple people reach out, um, and start work with them as one-on-one -on -one clients mm -hmm. and just have been growing it from there, um, in a pretty like natural way, um, since the beginning. Yeah. I love that, which kind of makes sense because it's all about relationships. So naturally letting it form through that seems pretty seamless. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I love that. So, okay, tell me a little bit more about some of like the business that you're doing. Like I saw that you provide dating app, like profile audits, which I feel like so many people would be so intrigued to hear about. So what do you think makes like the perfect dating app profile? What are some of like the worst things that you've seen, the best things that you've seen, fellas? stop posting the picture of you and a fish. <laughs> you don't need it anymore. You've seen them before. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know I feel like I feel like a lot of the times what I hear from people that struggle with dating apps is there's obviously so many people. Yeah. And it can feel like it's not really a connection, right? People are just saying, hi, how was your weekend? It's oh, really boring. Yeah. You know, hey, it's like hard up? to connect. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm good. <laughs> Where right. is that going to go? 
Um, Good, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I also like to highlight, it's like, I feel like a lot of times with um, women, it's like, we can be frustrated if a guy is just like not really giving us much, but at the same time, like they don't really know us. Right. And so that's why it's important to get out in person with them as quickly as you can. Yeah. Or kind of mix up that way of communication and stand out and kind of what I like to call pattern interrupt their experience as well. But anyway, for the, for the dating apps, I think it's really important to, first of all, the first photo that pops up should be one that you're happy in, that it's easy to tell who you are, because sometimes mm-hmm. it's like a group photo or a couple people in that photo. Um, and just make sure that like you feel full of life and happy in that because people are going to like cr- really read that energy. Yeah. That's the most important because that is at the end of the day what people are swiping on right. or liking. Or Your whatever, very right? first impression. Right, exactly. Um, and so, and also too with dating apps, like as you go through your own proud profile think about like what are you drawn to in other people's right like what's different about that um and then it's also important to make sure you're including something that people can reach out and like create conversation from that's not Mm -hmm. standard because most people put like I love to travel right I love good food things like that but you're just really not distinguishing yourself in a crowded world (laughs) very much blanket Um, statements of like general human interests (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I recommend putting in, and obviously this depends on which dating app you're using. Some some have prompts, some like have a bio, some have both, whatever. Um, but including like a weird or interesting thing about yourself. Like for me, when I was using dating apps, I put like, I'm a huge fan of Dunkaroos, mm-hmm. which is like, if no one knows, or if people don't know, it's like a childhood snack from the 90s that yeah. like was gone for a while. It came back. I was a huge fan. Yeah. I have like a Dunkaroos bucket hat. Oh my God, um, amazing. But I had that, and most people like in my age range are probably gonna know what that is. And then, right. um, and then including something like about you on a more like value based level that is gonna draw someone in that like isn't just looking to hook up or is looking for more of that value base. So things like, you know, looking for someone with a positive mindset that loves life and adventure, things like that. Okay. Um, so those are two good places to start. The profile audits are good because often we're so close to ourselves that we can't really see how another person might be interpreting us Mm -hmm. um, when they do dive a little bit deeper. So there's some more like other like more subconscious things you could do as well, but that's a good place to start for them. Okay, awesome. And then in terms of like moving the dating app from or like the conversation from the dating app to, you know, texting a FaceTime, calling, getting out, meeting them in real life. Cause I feel like that is such a frustrating thing. And I feel like so many people lose that interest right away because they're like, I'm not here to make a pen pal. I don't want to just sit here and chat till the cows come home on this dating app, like ask me on a freaking date. So how would you maybe kind of drive that? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like voice is really, really powerful. And like, we're more drawn in often when you hear someone's voice. So I know a couple apps, you can actually send voice memos. So if you're comfortable with that, or if you even want to put yourself outside of that box, yeah, I notice myself, like no one's really doing that. <laughs> and so you're going to distinguish yourself. You're going to stand out and kind of totally. pattern interrupt the typical flow of dating app experiences. Yeah. And like more um, of a connection too, of like, oh, now I know what your voice sounds like. And 
Yeah. And sometimes you hear someone's voice and you're like, oh, yes. Like you're yeah. even more drawn into that. Yes. It could go um, the other way, unfortunately. But it could. <laughs> <laughs> could go either way. Better to know. Yes. Um, or as soon as possible. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the times, too, what I hear from women, especially, is like they think that the guy should always be asking them out. And this is good to an extent because it does tap into like masculine energy, which is very primal level of allowing the man to come to you. Yeah. But at the same time, providing that opportunity because like no one wants to get rejected or turned down right so providing that opportunity in a very simple way so what I often recommend is saying you know hey would love to get the, would love to get together this week like does Wednesday or Friday work for you so providing some options so it's very easy for the other person to just say yeah sounds good yeah. let's do this day um if they don't if they respond vaguely to that or they you know, ignore it. That sometimes happens as well. They probably have no intention of meeting up. Right. Um, so I would kind of hand it back over to them after you kind of allow that opportunity. Um, but I, I feel like it's always better to get out on a, on a first date, the sooner the better, because in a, in-person energy is just so much different. Like a thousand percent. Um, yeah. Sometimes if you text for weeks and weeks and it might go well, but then you see the person in, in person, it's a completely different experience. Right. And, not and you might've like built it up so much in your head and you also have all these ex expectations. Yeah. Or it's like, maybe this is someone you have a great connection with, but you're just like having these stupid texting conversations and not actually meeting up and then you lose interest right away. That happened with my client recently is like, she met this great guy and she's like, he's just not good at texting. Like he he'll respond and stuff like that, but it's not like he's going back and forth all day long, right. but Some in person aren't. he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's hard to, it's just hard to tell until you meet them. Yeah. Totally. Well, I'd love to kind of like take it back just a little bit because you mentioned a little bit of rejection, which always sucks. Um, and I feel like now being an older, more confident version of myself, I look back at my younger version and I get so sad for her for like trying to force so many of those scenarios like you were saying of like, oh, a guy is vague, so he probably has no intention. And I feel like I would just kind of try to be like, like forcing the situation of like, cause I won't accept this rejection kind of thing and not realizing like the rejection is good because that's not your person. And he's leading you closer to finding someone that is more of a match and someone that you want to invest your time in. So I know that you talk with your, or like coach your clients through rejection and making it kind of hurt less and suck less. And I think so many people could definitely benefit from hearing more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes, I think, I think it was Gabby Bernstein said it, but rejection is redirection. Yes. I love That's that. one of my favorites. And so what it was interesting for me to discover with this, cause this was something I got rejected in high school by like a friend and it just devastated me. And I was the person that was like, I will never be rejected again. Right. Yes. This is not good. I'm done with dating. They're like, you're 15. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I had to really like learn about it, heal it. And, um, what I discovered was that like, it's again, it's like a lot of the things that will trigger us or kind of irritate us or frustrate us is at a very primal core level. Mm -hmm. So with rejection, you know, thinking back to our primal days as human beings, if we were rejected from our tribe or our community, we weren't the biggest animals, right? We weren't the strongest or anything like that. We really depended on that community. 
to support us and really to keep us alive. And that's how our bodies are wired to keep us alive and safe. And so if you were rejected, you would probably die. And so that's really like encoded into us. And that's why it can sting so much. So I think even just realizing that's what's happening in your mind and body when like you feel like you're getting rejected is important. And then getting past it. And of course this does take like, you know, internal work, journaling, things like that, you know, shifting your mind, um, and your mindset. But what I like to start with is you literally never know what's going on in that other person's mind or their world or their experience, right? They could have had this horrible thing happen in their world that day, right? They could be going through something in their own mental health or just really not ready at that point. It has literally nothing to do with you. Right. Um, and so keeping that in mind too, when you do feel rejected or someone goes to you or doesn't respond, like you were saying before, that's not your person. Cause your person's not going to do that. To right. You, right. Right. Um, yeah. So I feel like those are two good places to start with that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, especially when you're talking about someone you've like exchanged a few messages with on a dating app they're not truly rejecting you. They don't even know who you are. So it's like nothing about you, even if it can feel that way. And I feel like it's really hard to get to the point of being so sure of yourself that you're like, that's okay. Cause like, I'm amazing. They're missing out. If you don't like me, what's wrong with you? Or just like, yeah, recognizing it's not about you, but it is amazing when you can get to that point. Yeah. And I feel like too, it's okay to like, cause I was a person for a, wa- a long time that like would just push away the negative emotion or like feeling mm-hmm. like disappointed or down. But then I, but like once I started just sitting with it, and I think it's okay to let it sting for a moment. It wouldn't like be human if it was, you know, or probably it would feel a little fake if it didn't at least hurt a little yeah, bit. Of course. But like, yeah, like letting, like letting yourself sit with that for a second and then, being able to say that to yourself is amazing. (laughs) And that's like the goal of getting to that with people. Totally. And it's like with any, you know, negative feeling emotions, like it's hard not to let it kind of consume, but it's all just information. So like we don't need to run from it. We don't need to avoid. Soak in the information and then we move on. Right, right. Absolutely. Totally. Well, okay. Still on – dating app, I guess not even just dating apps, but so we get to the first date, we have made it to the in-person meetup. First dates can be wonderful and exciting. They can also be excruciating and feel like an awkward job interview. So how would you suggest people make it a better experience, spicing up conversation, dealing with nerves, all of the above? Yeah. So yeah. Cause it's like, sometimes you go into a first date, it's amazing. And then other times it's like, get me out of here after 10 minutes, right? If you literally, yeah. Um, so something that I started approaching my dating life with a couple years ago was trading my expectations for appreciation. That's a Tony Robbins quote, mm-hmm. but I just love that because it was like a lot of the times we can, especially if we've been texting them for a while, build that person up in our minds when in reality yeah. we have no idea who they are. Right. Um, So, yeah. So when you, what I really, again, like pattern interrupting, because this person's probably been on a bunch of first dates. You've probably been on a bunch of first dates. 
you know, the conversation, like, where do you live? What's your job? It can feel like you're saying like a job interview and just frankly kind of boring. So I encourage people to ask kind of weird or deeper questions that are first of all, going to get them to think differently. And also you're going to get a sense of who they are quicker and see if that there's that connection or if they're at the same level as you. Um, so one of my favorite questions to ask, and I asked, I asked this on me and my boyfriend's first date and he was like, wow, you actually made me think (laughs) (laughs) is, um, what's your dream? And like allowing them to interpret that as they want to, because it's like generally evokes a pretty positive response and you get to see like, okay, where are they headed? And also at the same time, like, are they just focusing on like normally people go to the material things first because that's like how we're kind of like trained yeah. or conditioned to do but then like kind of going beyond that and then like sharing yours as well and getting to that more like value-based conversation as much as you can totally. more than like the standard small talk that yeah. just isn't that engaging yeah absolutely and I feel like yeah that's such a window into somebody in so many ways like if someone can't get over themselves to actually engage like genuinely in those kind of questions and are like too cool for school with it like maybe they're not mature enough to like be someone to pursue and also yeah you could find out something like really amazing about someone and like they probably haven't been asked that question since they were like in high school being asked what they're going to do with the rest of their lives (laughs) yeah and I think too it's like sometimes people can feel like oh is that a weird thing to ask but you're actually allowing them an opportunity to like share something about themselves that probably no one ever asked them like you were saying Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good thing to start. And then I think also too, um, being aware of your, I don't want to say like full attraction to them, but like being aware of that energy between you guys. Cause I think a lot of the time, especially with women, what I hear in clients is like, they try to make something work because like they should like him. Right. Or like he's good Mm -hmm. on paper or he's tall or (laughs) whatever. Right. Yeah. But, um, I think like going on one or two dates, if you're not, sometimes give them a second date if you're not necessarily sure. But if after two dates, you're not really feeling much, it's probably best to focus on other people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, from that point. Yeah. I feel like unless it's like a glaring, glaring no for obvious reasons, give someone a second date because you never know. They could have been nervous as all hell and like really not presenting themselves in the way they normally are or something. So honestly, and like, I know his mom listened, so, so sorry. I love him so much now. But like when I met my fiance, we met like drunkenly out at a bar, had the best time together. I thought I would never hear from him again. And then we went on our first date that next week and it was like a fine first date, but I kind of left being like, meh. I don't, I don't know. I also wasn't really like totally in the mindset of like wanting to date that much or anything. And my, um, it actually ended such some weird small world things. It ended up being my random Craigslist roommate went to high school with him. Wow. Totally random. Totally weird. Like on our yeah. first date, he was, we were talking like, where you're from, blah, blah, blah. And he told me and I was like, my roommate is from there. And I, don't know her. I met her on Craigslist. And so I texted her when he was in the bathroom and she was like, he is the literal best guy in the world. He's an angel man. And then we talked about it after and she was like, you need to go out on a second date with him. And then after that, it was like such a good connection. 
he's great, obviously. And like, just so funny how, yeah, I feel like, yeah. and also like, I don't know if I didn't have that push to like, okay, try it again, get out of your own head kind of thing. So yeah really nice. yeah because it's also it's kind of like what's the worst that can happen you know it's yeah. like okay you got again and it's at the, lackluster it's like okay <laughs> yeah at the very least you got like a free meal right drink, exactly. some conversation whatever yeah. what else yeah. would you be doing exactly yeah might have heard a good story or two and there you go <laughs> yeah totally um okay so i feel like a lot of times people will end up going on like either a bunch of bad dates or encounter, you know, we've all been there just encountering like fuck boy after fuck boy or bad connections or getting ghosted or meeting guys that just don't want anything serious and all of that. So how do you help your clients like keep more of a positive mindset when they're feeling like, frustrated, like they're hitting all these roadblocks, like they're not attracting the right kind of guys, I guess kind of a twofold question. So let's start with how do you keep that positive mindset and not just like throw in the towel? Yeah, absolutely. And I, when I work with a client, we always start out with that internal mindset. Cause that is so powerful. And like the energy you're bringing to a date and the intention, it's like, people can feel that, right. They totally. can feel if you don't really want to be there. If it's more like a job interview, so it's always the focus is getting clear on what you want and why you're not there just yet, right? Where you're at today and where you want to be so that we can start to shift towards that goal. Um, but yeah, a lot of the times if you're feeling burnt out or frustrated from dating, it's not bad to take a break from it, right? I think it's like if you were burnt yeah. out at work, you would take a break, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of the times that can really reinvigorate if you just give yourself some space from it. Yeah. Um, and then a mindset shift that can be powerful in this to kind of shift to a more positive state is to assume that you're going to meet the love of your life in the next year. You don't okay. know when, you don't know how it could be unexpected. It could be expected. And releasing that timeline of when it's going to happen, like how would you act? How would you operate in your dating life? Right. Mm -hmm. And really kind of taking, and of course that takes like more internal work to do, but that's a powerful shift. If you can get to that state, things happen. And like, I've seen crazy things happen in like unexpected, expected ways where um, it's a really good way to just kind of release. I think a lot of that pressure and frustration yeah. around the dating that can, can arise. I mean, I've definitely been there where I felt so frustrated. I've given all yeah. this energy right to people and Another on that, on that same kind of, I guess, line of energy is making sure you're not giving too much energy, energy to people that you don't even really know just yet. Yeah. Um, I did that for a very long time where I'm like, okay, I'm, I want this. I want this amazing relationship. Like I'm going to put in the effort and energy. And a lot of the times people just wouldn't match it. Right. And then I feel drained and exhausted and frustrated. Right. And like, um, you can't start a relationship that way either. Imagine starting with like the balance is already so off yeah but it's hard yeah. when you're in it to realize that yeah absolutely and something that I had to learn about is like I feel like I'm very action-oriented person like um like masculine and feminine energy like everyone has both but like I feel like more initiating and more like 
texting first, things like that. That's more like masculine energy. And often with like women, because we want it to happen and like, we kind of grow up and like we associate hard work with success most yeah. often. And so it's like a lot of the times they're tapping more into feminine energy, which I had to learn to do of like allowing the person to come to you, like maybe not texting first, leaving that space, right. Leaving that bit of mystery and yeah. like energy between it can be, it's almost, it almost seems counterintuitive, but it like is really impactful because you're actually yeah. drawing in the more masculine energy that you actually probably want at a more primal level. Um, so that's something else to kind of think about too, in the dating life is like, if you've been like kind of initiating and like going out on all these dates and like all these things, like maybe pull back a little bit and see what happens for a period. A hundred percent. And I love what you said about like taking that pressure off yourself a little bit. And that's a huge, um, like manifestation kind of thing is removing that attachment to the outcome. And obviously you still want the outcome to be like meeting a person you can really connect with or meeting like your person, that kind of thing. But if you take that pressure off of like every single dating app connection, every single person you meet, like does not need to be that person. Like let's just enjoy, see what happens. If they're not matching that energy, it's cool. Cause like that means I'm closer to finding that one, like removing that attachment. And I, totally get what you mean by being an action oriented person. I definitely, like I said, was like that, like always being like, well, if they're not going to make it happen, I'm going to make it happen. Like, bitch, give it some space. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so real. And it's like the right person is going to put in the effort and the work to want to get to know you and want to take you out on dates and do all of that so instead of forcing it like sit back in your confidence and just let them do the work yeah and like one of the one of the affirmations I like love is that or I also do like visualizations and meditations to like kind of rewire your mind for it of course but um is that my person is circling, right? They're in my vicinity. They're circling around and they're getting closer and closer every single day. And like visualizing that sometimes can really help because it's like, okay, sometimes it seems like, oh my gosh, there's no one out there, right? But if you're just envisioning this person that's circling, right? They're eventually going to make their way to you. Yes. (laughs) It's a matter of time. Okay. And it's so true because like me and my fiance had so many connections. Like I should have met him so many times prior to when we actually met. So like he went to high school with my roommate and was really good friends with her older sister who was like always visiting and stuff. And he had been to her apartment before I moved in when her sister was in town and they all got together. And like two or so years before I met him, me and one of my best friends were in Nantucket for a day and his best friend from high school works at Cisco in Nantucket. And we spent like hours at Cisco with this man because him and my friend were like hitting it off. So we like sat at the bar, drank with him all day long. And every time he came or like a bunch of times when he came back to Boston, he would text my friend and be like, I'm here. Let's meet up, blah, blah, blah. And we almost met up with him. Every time he's in Boston, he was staying with my fiance. So there were so many times that like we almost met up and I definitely would have met him. One of his, before we moved in together, his roommate 
went to UNH where I went and I had all these mutual friends. I definitely met him a handful of times, like just weird, same circling, but like the timing was not right. It wasn't yeah. the right time. It's weird. Life is weird like that. I feel so like freaking weird. Yeah. Cause it's like you, you or him might've not been ready at that point. I right. Absolutely or like maybe it was wouldn't not. have worked at that point. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Wow. That's an awesome story. Isn't it so crazy? (laughs) It's bizarre, but it's true. I feel like I had a lot, both of us, a lot of like life to live. I had to figure out my own stuff and like, honestly work on a lot of stuff that you're talking about, like confidence and mindset and just like making myself more of a whole before I could really be in like a successful partnership, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, But one thing before we run out of time, because I know we are coming up on it, um, that I definitely want to talk about, because I know you help clients um, find more confidence to approach dating with. And I know a huge thing can be like, oh, I'm going to wait until I lose weight or wait until I look a certain way or feeling like they you know, might not fit into this unattainable standard that we are put up to. Um, So I'd love to talk a little bit about like body image and dating and how you see that affect your clients and how you kind of help your clients walk through that. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of it really comes down to, which I know you talk about a lot, is like, how are you internally processing, right? Mm -hmm. Yourself, the world around you, the dates you're going on, right? Because people are picking up a lot of the time subconsciously on that energy much more than they are like the physical aspect, even like the words we're saying. Thousand percent. And so there are just, and everyone's had this happen, right? Where you're like drawn to someone that they might not be the most fit person or the most attractive, right? But we're drawn to them. We're like Mm -hmm. resonating with them. And people will just always be more attracted to that on a core level, right? Surface level, yes, like you might be drawn to someone physically, of course, but that long-term lasting relationship, that true connection is always going to be deeper than that. And it's always going to come from that place of internal confidence and mindset. Mm -hmm. And so working, working on that and shifting the beliefs about yourself, it really, I don't want to say doesn't matter at all, but like it matters so much more to focus on that than the physical appearance. Of course you want to present yourself well, because everyone people are drawn to, you know, people that present themselves well and like care themselves well, of course, but it's just so much more important to work on the internal things. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I feel like there are so many little things. I mean, this is getting a little bit more into like sex and dating, but like so many little things that women are self-conscious about that like guys won't even freaking notice. They are not that observant. They're just They're happy to be involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just happy to be there. Yeah. 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 There's, I think, um, I don't know. I feel like I was surrounded by a lot of guys growing up. Like I have two brothers, my dad, like, I feel like I had always kind of been around that. And so just noticing like how they, view, not view, I don't want to say view women. That sounds weird, but like a lot of the things that you're worrying about, like they're not even noticing at all whatsoever. Yeah. And they're just enjoying being there with you and the experience. So as much as you can build up that internal confidence, like if you think about it, we're really always drawn towards confidence and yeah. people that like have a good energy. So 
that will matter so much more. <laughs> yeah. And I'll help you be more present too. Of course. Yeah. You're actually like opening up to someone rather than just like internally, you know, worrying and freaking out and stuff, which obviously is again, easier said than done. It takes a lot of work and internal like processing, but. Yeah. Something kind of a, along those lines that I wanted to mention is that um, a lot of the times, like when people are, whether it be a first date or dating or texting, even um, what we often like worry about, what are we going to say? What if we said something stupid or that didn't connect? Right. But actually what determines a good or like less, I guess not bad, but (laughs) um, interaction, right. A good or bad interaction, or I guess how well we connect with someone is on a much more subconscious level. So it has a lot more to do with our body language and tone. Yeah. So going into a date, if you have more open body language and um, you're not like closed off, right? Or like looking around, if you're holding that with them, that's going to create a subconscious connection that's like going to make people even more attracted. And then tone is a big one too, where matching the way that someone is talking can help them feel more connected to you as well. Okay. Words, the things we're saying only account for about 7% of how well that interaction goes. So it's just kind of like a fun fact. (laughs) Yeah. The rest of it is that body language and tone itself. Yeah. That's so crazy. I know. Like, I feel like eye contact and like, like I remember going on a bunch of dates and like, I don't know, the guy's like looking around the room or checking his phone or just kind of, you know, one arm of and kind of open up to the rest of the room, but not to me. Like instantly I'm like, why are you here? (laughs) Right, right. And exactly. like, I'm, I'm done <laughs> with this scenario. And like, same on the other side, like, even if you're super nervous, if you can like, maintain eye contact and all of that, I think it'll eventually make you feel more comfortable anyways. So yeah, absolutely. Love that. Okay. Um, one last thing, and then we'll do a rapid fire. And then that'll be it, which I'm sad about. Yeah. Um, you, I think like posted something about this quote, or maybe it was on your website or something, but we attract not what we want, but who we are. I would love for you to expand on that. Cause I feel like you know, there's so much information out there on like how to attract your perfect partner that are very kind of like magazine headlines that normally don't really give that much useful information. So I think everyone would want to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something like if you dive into the manifestation world, like you'll hear a lot. But really, if you think about it, what you're often like the relationships in your life, the maybe the career, the experiences you're having, right? They're at like a certain level. And so in terms of creating a lot of the times, right? Well, an exercise I have my clients do is make a list of everything they want in their dream partner. And then what I have them go do is mark off, like, are you embodying this on a daily basis? Mm. And if not, that's something that we have to work on or to develop more of so that you're able to attract that person, right? So it goes, people are always drawn to people similar to them, right? Um, And so creating and embodying more of what you want in that ideal partner is going to draw them into you, right? Because a confident person wants a confident person, right? Someone who knows what they want. They want someone who knows what they want. And so being able to get yourself to that point is going to allow those people to filter into your reality. 
um, a lot quicker and often in like unexpected ways as well. Yeah. But it's something important to be aware of because it's like sometimes, you know, people that I chat with, if they are going through a rough time in their dating life, right, they're always complaining about it. They're very negative, right? That's probably going to attract in the same type of person. Yeah, Um, that energy. Totally. Yeah, the energy is huge. So yeah, it's a good exercise to do is to write down everything you want and then seeing what you're embodying and also what you're not embodying. Not just saying in your head that you are, right? But actually, is that how you're operating in your day-to-day life? Which is sometimes hard to look at, right? Um, But that's where it's like, it's helpful to go through in a good starting point. Totally. And I feel like you could do that with so many things in your life, even beyond dating too. Like if you're like, oh, I really want this job or whatever. And then like write out, I don't know, the values of that or whatever. You could totally reflect on that in the same exact way. And I feel like that's such a hands-on, like more black and white way of interpreting that thing that we hear all the time of like, your reality is a reflection back of like what you're thinking. I'm so sorry if you can hear all that. I don't know what's going on outside my window, but <laughs> no worries. here we go. It happened at the end of the interview, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you hear that all the time of like, oh, your mindset shapes your reality. But like half the time it's like, well, what does that even mean? Like I'm trying to be positive, but looking at it in such black and white terms, that's so helpful. Definitely, definitely. I love that. Okay, let's do a quick little rapid fire. Awesome. And then we'll round it out. Okay, so your favorite affirmation that you like to share with your singles. So, oh my gosh, my favorite one. It's probably that you're that my partner is circling closer and closer to me every single day. And also I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I love that. Yeah. Exactly where you're supposed to be. It all works out the way it's supposed to. Love it. Um, your ideal first date. Ooh, I like doing different things. So if someone invited me instead of doing drinks or dinner to like go bowling or like to like a shooting range or something, yeah. even, I've actually never been to one, but, um, yeah, something like that would be interesting. Cause it's a more interactive activity. Yeah. Do you suggest that for a lot of people too? I think it's fun with a first date to, if you're initiating it or if they, if the other person says, what do you want to do? You can tell them something that you've just been wanting to do. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And see if they're so like something like ax throwing or something different, maybe like going totally. to an exhibit or museum or exploring a new place. I feel like that's a good way. Cause it's like, you're going to have a good time regardless. And they're right. just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Then you get to like, yeah, if you live in a city and there's a bunch of stuff you haven't like explored yet, that's a perfect way of seeing the city in a fun way and also like takes the pressure off of like just sitting across from each other like what'd you major in in college <laughs> right yeah it's yeah. a lot less pressure and it, yeah it's like yeah the more yeah the different things that you can do again it's going to have that like pattern interrupting factor come in where it's not just getting drinks or dinner not that that's bad i like doing that yeah too, totally yeah it's a little different yeah it takes the pressure off a little bit loosens you up um Except for if you're like super nervous, maybe don't like throw axes because if you're like shaky (laughs) nervous, that could be physically dangerous. Um, (laughs) What is the, on the flip side, the worst first date that you've ever been on? Oh my God. (laughs) I should have thought of this. Putting on the pressure. The the worst for, actually, I know it. So I actually went to this brewery in Cambridge and I remember showing up 
and the guy like it was just really bad like right away I actually ended up leaving after 20 minutes because I was oh at that God. point in my life where I was like you know what this is I don't know I was just very confident I was like right. you know what I gotta get out of here but he was just like rude inconsiderate like didn't really look at all like I thought you know just mm. literally all glaring nose so yeah yeah. But honestly, it's like, I know my red flags and goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Favorite way to prep for a date or ways that you would tell your clients to prep for a date? Yes. So with this, oh, I love this question. It's so important to get into the right mindset and intention behind it. So first of all, what I recommend people do is write down 10 reasons why you're amazing. Oh, off the bat, right? I love that. Yeah. And write them in the first person. Like I am blank. I am blank. Cause our brain processes that, um, better. And then I love to have like a pump up song where like, I live in Boston. I guess you could do this in the suburbs too. If you're like in your car before the date. Um, but like walking up, I'll have my headphones into the date and like ego by Beyonce. I don't know why that's like, yes. my song. <laughs> I feel like most Beyonce songs could be a great one for this. Yeah, just to like get you in the right, like, yes, I'm amazing. This is going to be great. Yeah, and you're probably like strutting up to the restaurant, to the music. Yes, yeah. yes. It's like two really good things to to kick it off with. <laughs> Absolutely love that. I was going to say, I feel like having a little like solo dance party at your house while you're getting ready is a really good way of like physically shaking out the nerves and also, yeah, getting into that like fun, confident mindset. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. In a similar sense, um, what always makes you feel more confident in Ooh. your day to day, in your business, dating, whatever? I feel like, cause sometimes if I'm like, you know, busy, I like, I didn't really like put in effort to get dressed and things like that. I feel like always when you like feel good in your clothing and like, maybe you put on makeup, maybe you don't, whatever it is, like, making sure that you feel good in your appearance can always help. Um, that makes me feel more confident. I think also too, like writing down what I'm proud of in my life is really powerful too. Like it could be small things, it could be big things, but just like from, cause our brain forgets so much. It's like just remembering like, yes, I am good at this. Like I am doing it (laughs) right. Like I'm out in the world making it happen. Yeah. can be helpful too. I love that so much because it's so true. Our brains and like we naturally just tend to go to like, oh my God, I didn't finish all the things on my to-do list yesterday or like, wow, I really sucked at this one thing instead of being like, okay, look at all the things I did get done. Look how amazing I was at this one thing. It's just easy to focus on like your shortcomings. (laughs) Right, right. Which is definitely like a human flaw. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, two more. Your go-to either romantic movie or like romantic comedy. Do you have a favorite? I do. My hands down, The Notebook. Hands oh, down. Oh yeah. Like it's just a I good watched classic. it. Oh my gosh, I watched it alone in high school when I came out because I did. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. cry. Like I cry every single time. Yes. I love it so much. It's yeah, hands down. Yeah, that one's <laughs> such a go-to like rewatch for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen someone great on Netflix? No. Oh my God. I think you'll really, really like it. Okay. It's, I'll write that down. I don't re- ever remember her name. The lead in Jane the Virgin. Oh, yes. That girl, yes. Brittany Snow, and then 
another like hilarious actress but it's like a go-to romantic but also like realism of dating and like when i need a cry i always put it on and just let it out it's so good oh perfect and I hilarious to watch it yeah um okay and then last one i'm almost always you finish it Ooh, oh my gosh i'm almost always this is gonna sound weird but like even keel i feel like i'm yeah <laughs> i don't know where that came from but i feel like i'm generally like my default state is like pretty calm pretty like at like happy joyful like chill even keel i, I love that expect that to come out but there we yeah. go <laughs> go with those natural gut instincts yeah <laughs> awesome well Now's the time you hype yourself up. Where can everybody find you? What are you working on? What's next? All the things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in dating coaching, um, my website's michellewax.com. So W-A-X like beeswax. And my Instagram is michellewaxdating. So I'd love to connect with everyone there. Um, we are doing a couple events in Boston. So feel free to like check out the site check out Instagram whenever, you know, you're listening to this to see what's coming up. Um, and then we also have a free quiz on the site too. What's your dating type and, um, a couple of free like meditations, visualizations to really rewire your mind to filter in that person quicker. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I love it. Yeah. Definitely go follow her on Instagram. She has so many helpful reels. You have so much helpful stuff on your website. Awesome. Well, thank you literally so much. I wish that I was single so I could go to your events, but <laughs> I'll just come and observe. <laughs> yes, come and observe in the corner. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbrayback.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.